Hello, my name's Michael Laminato, and you've downloaded an episode of the F1 Strategy Report. Except this isn't really an episode of the F1 Strategy Report. As you've probably noticed by now, there's not a lot of F1 racing going on. In fact, there's none, which makes strategy analysis pretty difficult. So to tide you over, here's an episode of Sister Beer Mogul podcast, Box of Neutrals. Hosted by Rob James and me, and this week featuring the voice of Peter McGinley, we're trying our best to keep you in the F1 loop, despite the fact that that loop's looking quite bare. This week we talked about Austria firming as the most likely opening round of the season, as well as a whole host of other, only vaguely relevant stuff. If you like what you hear, you can go to boxofneutrals.com or subscribe via your favourite podcast app. And of course it's online at all the usual social media places. Meanwhile, back here at the Strategy Report, we haven't forgotten about you. We're working on some fresh new podcast content for between now and whenever the season gets underway. Let's hope it's soon. But for now, enjoy this week's episode of Box of Neutrals. Live on KFC Grandstand with Michael Laminato, Rob James, and. Shut up. <laughs> a nap. And with your house band, Michelle Guthrie and the There's the Door Orchestra. Another week of self isolation, but is there light at the end of the tunnel for Formula One, or have you just left the light on in the spare bedroom? My name's Michael Laminato, and joining me as always, Fire Satellite, is Rob James. You should be so lucky to have uh, light, Michael. I just had a blackout an hour ago. <laughs> Lucky I got battery on this laptop, yes, and this microphone. It's good you thought ahead. You, you keep your things charged. You always have to be ready for the apocalypse, you know? I, I really wish I had the foresight, like the great, or some of the great people that we have worked with over the years, Michael, who have stashed, you know, books about Steve Waugh, uh, <laughs> have stored cans of Campbell's soup, and have uh, stockpiled uh, fax toner. In their uh, in the Unabomber shelter, you know. Well, maybe not the Unabomber shelter, but you never know. But in that sort of style, of one day, you never know if in the end of the world know. you're going to get spam facts. So you got to be ready for it. Hey, did you know? And I read this on Twitter, so it must be true. And I haven't verified it, Michael, but I believe it to be true. Yep. Is that uh, the good people uh, at Wimbledon, yep. the championships? Mm-hmm. They have paid over the last, I think, seventeen odd years. Um, some something like five million dollars per year in pandemic insurance. Really, it cost them like thirty million dollars, and apparently they get cashed out one hundred forty million bucks. Oh, how do you like it? Why didn't we take out pandemic insurance? We really should have done that. We really should have thought ahead. We'll answer that question. Well, we probably won't over the course of this week's episode. Plus, what will be the first race of the season? No one knows, but Helmut Marco reckons he might. Plus, how is F1 copying the AFL draft? Is there much difference between Formula 1 driving and AFL footy? Yes, there is, but maybe there's less than we thought. That's all to come on this episode of Box of Neutrals. When I was a young boy, my father showed me Peter McGinley, who leaned back in his chair. He said F1 is bullshit. The car's just... Go round in heaps of circles. They don't go anywhere. It's box of neutrals. I wonder if uh, betbozo.biz took uh, took odds for Wimbledon to invest in <laughs> pandemic insurance. Does betbozo.biz have insurance? That is an important question. You know, it's been a while since on box of neutrals we've really mentioned betbozo.biz, which is our alternative website name. Yeah, actually, a le- legit website name. So. And I was very conscious of that. I did have to check it when I made the uh, McGinley Motorsport iRacing livery to make sure because betbozo.biz 
was uh, sort of one of the the primary sponsors of uh, of of the race team. Uh, what and didn't go to a porn site? No, no, no. Thankfully not. I would have made more money out of a porn site, to be honest. So maybe maybe I should maybe I should do that in future. There's a lesson learned. Well, yeah. apparently there's been a big boom in um yeah that sort of activity. You mean uh, of course you mean you know getting rid of your goods, your excess goods for cash, right? Uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. It does paint a bit of a grim picture. I've done the same thing to all my subscriptions. Uh, you hit the sort of cancel button, and you know Microsoft three six five comes up and says. <laughs> Are you sure? We'll give you like a three-month free extension. You do the same thing on Pornhub as well, although they offer a different... Oh, you can't say that, Bill. I appreciated how long the setup was to that. It was far too long. One, two, three, five, three. What extension have you had unusual in lockdown? Jesus. That was good. That was a real... I reckon that was a real high point, actually, for our eight episodes today. This year, I enjoyed that. That was very good. Uh, look, let's talk a little bit about Formula One, at least, uh, at least a little bit, because we still Has anything been happening. Well, there have we. It's, you know, every week I think, <laughs> God, I've got to put a show together. There's nothing going on, and then actually things do happen. Often things though happen immediately after the end of this recording. So probably everything we're talking about will be out of the date by the oh, time fantastic. you hear it. Fantastic! It's just the classic box of neutrals way. Obviously, the Formula One season hasn't started yet. This was meant to have been the Chinese Grand Prix weekend. The weekend just passed. Uh, it wasn't obviously. Uh, that was the first race to be cancelled, and we're still at least. What I'm looking at my calendar now. Two months away from the first race that hasn't been cancelled, but that would be the French Grand Prix, uh, and there is bad news almost certainly because uh, France is likely to be cancelled soon because the French government has uh, banned mass gatherings up until July, I believe it is, which would encompass the 28 June date. Belgium too, even though that's way further away, that's at the end of August, on the 30th of August. They've extended their bans on these kind of gatherings until the end, uh, until September, I think, or the end of August. So they're all. Also in doubt, neither has at the time of recording confirmed the cancellation. That's two more European races on a calendar that doesn't really feature that many European races gone. Yeah, certainly. And uh, over in France as well, very outspoken uh, member of the media, uh, a, a fellow by the name of Samuel Numan <laughs> has, uh, has protested on the Champs de Elysee uh, wearing a foolproof, uh, wearing a fireproof suit. Protesting as to why, in God's name, we can't go motor racing in France in the not too distant future. Fossil, <laughs> Gary. When he was really uh, protesting against the Tour de France yeah. being cancelled. Yeah, no, 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 Jim. <laughs> you could, so this is one of the things I've been learning. I've been trying. <laughs> one of the skills I've my workplace have uh, have sent an email saying. Um, you should try to learn something over over this uh, lockdown per- period. Oh, yeah. I suggested I wanted to play the piano, but instead I've learned how to do a Sam Newman impersonation, and I'm very happy with it for week one, a week one debut. Not a Samuel Newman impression. No. That's good. Now, now Gary. And, uh... <laughs> that was all right, actually. Just that one. Is that like your... That's the only noise the, I can the do. The trigger sentence or whatever, <laughs> the sentence you need to get into the impression. And... Uh... Yeah, correct. Near Gary. Anyway, Samuel Newman's not not happy that he can't play golf or go motor racing in uh, Paul Ricard. <laughs> he didn't get fined for his protest, did he? It would have been pretty good if he had been. I wonder if you can get one in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well done, everybody. Well done. So those two races are likely to be off the calendar. One race so far that is suddenly looking very likely to happen, increasingly likely to happen as the first race of the season, is the Austrian Grand Prix, which is currently scheduled for the 5th of July. So that is a long way away. That's a good two, two and a half months from now, I think. 
my math serves me. Uh, and not only might that be going ahead, this is according to quotes from Helmut Marco reported by F1Insider.com. There's a hyphen in that if you want to look it up as well. Uh, they could be hosting two races, two whole races in Austria. One on the 5th, which is the original date, and then one on the 12th, which is the subsequent weekend, obviously. Uh, because Austria, they feel like they're doing alright with this whole virus situation, and they're beginning to loosen restrictions. The government's already said that it won't stand in the way of hosting the Grand Prix, providing it can abide by social distancing rules and, and, and those kinds of things, which is good for the race, obviously. It's Red Bull backed, which means it doesn't matter how much money it loses, it can afford it. The only question, really, is whether or not anyone will be allowed to leave their home country to attend the race. Correct. Uh, and outspoken Austrian <laughs> media oh, <no>. <laughs> member <laughs> Samuel <laughs> Lubenfeld is... Uh... You idiot. <laughs> now, now, Angela, now, you've got to be kidding that we can't have a motor race. Uh, I, think, I think you'll find Angela's in charge next door. Austria. Oh, yes. I don't know who's in charge in Austria. Sorry, it's 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 Angela. Oh, right, right. It's uh, yeah. It's okay. They do speak the same language. They speak the same yeah. language. Like, okay, fine. so the Jacinta Ardern of yeah. uh, Angela Merkel is. Is Austria like the more popular version of Germany? Like they've got like nicer mountains and the internet's faster, so people keep it. And just, the sound yeah. of music was there. Yeah, I guess it probably it kind of yeah, is the, Can- the Canadian Germany. Yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? Maybe that's right. Is Austria mailboxinterest.com is Austria Germany's New Zealand? That's a terrible sentence. At least they call them uh, the Chancellor. The Chancellor, Alexander van der Bellen. Oh, someone's had a quick Google. How, how come Australia doesn't have a Chancellor? I know, it's such a better name, isn't it? Like like a pre, like a Premier's pretty good. Actually, wrong Chancellor. Totally wrong Chancellor. It's Sebastian Kurtz, actually. How many Chancellors yeah. do you want? Yeah. Now, Sebastian, <laughs> you need to get your, your shit together and... Uh... <laughs> I hope some people appreciate that impression. I hope some people appreciate who that is. Look it up. Someone look it up. Yeah. So, and just to clarify, there's a Chancellor and then there's a President of Austria as well. Okay, so which one is letting the race happen? Van der Bellen is the President and Sebastian Kurtz is the Chancellor or Head of Government. There you go. It's a good lesson. You know, you know what boggles my mind is that Russia has a Prime Minister and a President. Yep, yeah, and sometimes both of Vladimir Putin. Yeah. So <laughs> well, he, he was Prime Minister for a while too, remember? He, is, yes. he had to like get out of its for a turn. Yeah, he was. Put his mate in as President, allegedly. Uh, and then now it's president again. He essentially did what you do with Netflix, where you just change your email <laughs> to keep the free trial going. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It's the same thing. It's That's exactly what he did. I'm doing a lot of that for the past month. <laughs> Netflix is also wondering, the population of Earth's gotten pretty big recently, hasn't it? Mm. All these email addresses have been registered. So the Austrian Grand Prix seems likely to be the first race, uh, which is good news, obviously, for Formula 1 and for Austria. Formula 1 would then go immediately to Great Britain, to Silverstone, assuming that could happen. Uh, and you'd think that if they could all leave and go to Austria, considering most of the teams are based in England, probably they'd be allowed to go home. And then maybe do that race. Maybe they'd have to be quarantined. Who knows? You'd think that they'd think about this beforehand, but this is Formula One. Uh, they do Silverstone. There was a report from uh, race fans <laughs> that Silverstone was actually being investigated as to whether or not they could have three races in a row. Incredible. Uh, 12th to the 26th, I think, was the weekend they were looking. And then there's Hungary that could happen, but who really knows what's going on in Hungary these days, uh, on the 2nd of August. And then there'd be the mid-season break. But... Don't forget, 
uh, Ross Braun, whoever's in charge of the sport these days, has said essentially that you should forget about the calendar as we know it because it won't look anything really, especially by the time we get to the mid-season break, that gap will definitely be filled by something or hopefully will be filled by something. So really the calendar will look very different once we get past those first few races, if indeed they happen. He's saying that's from racefans.net, Michael. Well, the three Silverstone three races in a row was a racefans.net story, I believe. Yeah, right. I, I, th- I think uh, your case must be different on your computer because all I can see at the moment is an 8,000-word diatribe about <laughs> uh, Virgin Australia and why uh, senior writer Dieter Rinkin doesn't like them very much. Worse than Aeroflot is a very rough, very rough description, I would say. Oh, I have to see this. Uh, yeah, you can go and look it up at uh, uh, old yeah. mate Dieter's Twitter account. Tell him that he's wrong. Because well, I've never flown Aeroflot. Have you flown? Has anyone here flown Aeroflot? Mate, I saw on the news in the week there was footage of, of an Aeroflot plane oh, yeah. landing sideways <laughs> yeah. and caught fire. I did see that. That's never happened here. You're telling me. You're telling me that airline is worse than Aeroflot. That's incredible. Come on, fossil. <laughs> you're better than that. Oh dear. You can tell that you're serious because there was no impression after that. No, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aeroflot, come on, come on, get get real, you boys. What, what was the old joke when we used to have Peter McGinley on the show? We had McGinley Airline sort of. Only 16 fatalities out of 61 passengers or something like that. I think it was the other way around, actually. We'll find that clip. We'll play it. Comically. Yeah, we'll find it and we'll play it. If you're hearing it now, then we found it. So congratulate us, please. Uh, Clearly someone didn't do their maths properly. No. Uh, So that's the state of play. With So it's increasingly looking like, the summary is, that Formula One may be able to start in July. Uh, there has been a date set. I don't know if we've mentioned this in the program before by Ross Braun, that if we don't start by October, you can forget it. Uh, you can <laughs> stick it right up here. And, uh, well, I'll have to wait and see. Because the question still is, when... So, that I mean, so okay, let's say you start in Austria. They do Austria, they do Silverstone, let's say that can happen. Hungary, maybe not Belgium by the sounds of it. And Italy, who knows, considering Monza is pretty much right in the middle of the, the worst affected region of Italy. So that's only one, two, three, f- three... Three European races. We need eight, and they need to be on three different continents. Uh, I don't think there hasn't been Brexit yet, so England's still part of Europe, so that's not going to count, unfortunately for them. And then, so you, this, it's still quite a challenge, is what I'm saying. There's still quite a bit of challenge to make this calendar come to, to come together, because unless you can then squeeze maybe, I mean, Spain's pretty badly affected this point. I know we think we're talking about months in advance, but still maybe unless you you squeeze some of those European races, then back into August, if everything's better, or September. But after that, it's too cold. So it's still very challenging for the season to come together. Well, what about um, the the back-to-back Grands Prix? Let's say we have, you know, the four versions of the British one Grand Prix. England, Wales, Scotland. Um, yeah. Well, we all call them different names. So one... One's the European Grand Prix. Uh, one is the Republic of Northern Ireland Grand Prix. One is Wales. Yeah. The other one is uh, uh, the Protestant Grand Prix. Uh, one is... Isle of Man. Come on. Yeah, Isle of Man. No, could you call one the European Grand Prix? Call one the English Grand Prix. Yeah, yes. Call one the Great Britain Grand Prix. One the United Kingdom Grand yeah, Prix. One the Chav yeah. Grand Prix. There you go. There's your four names. Do you, do you, know, do you know what's crazy? Is that out of all the sporting events in the world, the one that I least expected 
them to cancel on health and safety grounds was the was the Isle of Man. <laughs> when, when the Isle of Man cancels their event because they're concerned about health and safety due to the coronavirus, yep. you know shit's yep. going yeah, down. You know it's serious. When the Isle of yeah, Man is no <laughs> cancelling their event. You know it's serious. It's pretty cool. So we've got to wait and see. Hey, there's one, just quickly as well, we don't mention him very often on the program, Max Mosley. You know, there was a documentary made about him at some point, and it came out in a... Well, maybe it never did because of the virus, but it was meant to come out in a film festival in recent months. Has anyone seen? Has anyone even heard of it? Has anyone seen it? No, because it's blacklisted on Google, you see. <laughs> <laughs> Not allowed to search for it. Anyway, he's been, he's been talking to someone, and he says they should just cancel the whole season, pretty much like Bernie Eccleston did. When was the last time they agreed on anything? All the time. Uh, and he says it'd be good if there was certainty. But anyway, thought we'd mention that. But... One positive bright note, perhaps, is that someone's also been talking to old mate Sepang International Circuit in Malaysia, uh, which, w- why not? They've got either change in administrators, the old mate uh, whose name I forget. Uh, I'm not even going to bother. Porter Mentha. No, no, no. Uh, he also ran a MotoGP team. He's left the circuit to run that MotoGP team full time. And so they've got a new administrator. So the guy who said F1 was no good is gone. And this new guy who says F1 oh, might be all right in the right conditions is in charge. And he said, look, Sepang could host an F1 race if the conditions were correct. That is important, potentially, notwithstanding that Malaysia's also been affected by this virus, of course, because who's to say that if F1 rocked up in October when we used to go there, maybe they could have a race there in building up the races in climates that would be good. True. Uh, they could They could do... Kind of like what uh, MotoGP used to do with, you know, testing at Phillip Island in about November. So maybe we could have, you know, the Australia Grand Prix uh, sort of back to back. We have a we have a MotoGP round at Phillip Island, and then oh yes, the Albert Park Grand Prix. Unlikely to happen, to tell you the truth, but <laughs> <laughs> but imagine it. But imagine that. Imagine that as, a, as as coming around full circle. Is it really the circuit? that would be responsible for those discussions, though? Or is it more the Malaysian government that have to get involved? Well, you know, the circle would probably negotiate, but it's eventually going to have to ask for the money, you'd think. And uh, look, yeah. I don't know a lot well, about... De- yeah. And it depends, I guess, on, on what the travel restrictions are mm. in terms of, you know, foreign people and and stuff, whether they need to have sort of the NRL-style <laughs> quarantine hub somewhere in Putrajaya. Yeah. Well, this is the big question as well. This is the thing that it really comes down to is... Even if, you know, and, and increasingly countries are getting the, the virus under control to some amount, even if under control does mean still thousands of people reporting new infections daily, as is still the case in several parts of the world, even if let's talk about by August, you know, then we start to get those numbers back down to manageable levels like Australia, for example, is seeing at this point in time. Restrictions on travel is still the big question. I know that might be less less difficult in Europe, given that they essentially act as one you know, giant block for the purposes of travel, even if they're not at the moment, but you'd think that that would come back relatively quickly compared to the rest of the world in an international sense. But once Europe is got done, once you've done as many races in Europe as you can, will you be able to travel internationally and freely? Because, and we, we can only really take the Australian example, it's the example we know relatively intimately on this program, is that we're being told essentially, forget international travel for the year, pretty much. And if we're being told that and everything's pretty all right in Australia, what's the rest of the world going to be like? That's still the big question. Yeah. We talked about this this gradual comeback to normality. So foreseeably, it probably will return to fundamentally a European championship. So mm. for, for, for those who've, who've long lamented sort of the international expansion into weird and wonderful territories <laughs> 
around the world, you may get your xenophobic wish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but, but but seriously, it could. It, it, well, that's that's what they're going to have to do for a brief period of time. So, um, and then, it, it, but that throws up all sorts of you know, what's, ifs and buts for all the other events. So conceivably, what happens to, let's say Melbourne, for example, we if, if we don't see international travel for 12 months, for example, so foreseeably that runs into 2021 as well. Mm. So does that mean we could foreseeably end up hosting a race in, you know, October, November instead? I wouldn't mind that, to tell you the truth. I wouldn't mind Melbourne being the season closer. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? It'd be pretty good. Well, as an example, I know nothing's been confirmed, but the Australian Open, which is in January, is already making plans for the situation where they might not be allowed to have fans there. They haven't talked about not having the Open. But, you know, that does show that it is, these restrictions are extending into the new year. So, who knows? The bottom line is that no one really knows anything. And isn't that a delightful yeah. place to be for Formula One? I wonder which is I wonder which uh, is going to be the first Formula One driver that says, I don't believe in vaccination. <laughs> I, will, I will opt out. Just quickly, mail at boxneutrals.com. Not only where have you not been vaccinated, unusual, but what would comprise your ideal... Let's call it the Colonial World Championship of just European races. What tracks would you go to? I don't want just like tracks Formula One went to in the 90s. Imola, everyone talks about yeah. Imola. I don't want Imola. Don't talk about Imola. Don't talk about Portugal. I know that was further ago. Just give me some give me some obscure European circuits, like that one we were talking about. Snetterton. Yeah, Snetterton. What about that one we were talking about a couple of weeks ago that was essentially just a giant hairpin? That was pretty good. I can't remember where that was. Go to Donington. Oh. And I want to know. Mail at com or find us Twitter, Facebook, all the usual places. What would make up your Colonial World Championship? Box of Neutrals! Michael Laminato, Rob James, nobody else. It's Box of Neutrals. Uh, eight weeks, pretty much, into isolation. And aren't you loving it? Especially considering that we're probably several months away from Formula 1. Good. I, I'm. I'm. I, you know what? I'm actually, in terms of at least box of neutrals land. I don't mind the inside-outside broadcast we've got mm. set up here. Yeah, it's okay. You know, I'm. I've adjusted. The thing is that I don't want it to be over just as I've adjusted to it. I want it to go for a little bit. Yeah. It, it's almost like someone was trying to convince you to do this ages ago. Yeah, I know, but it, you know, it seemed silly at the time. That was when we were in opposition. Now, <laughs> now we're in charge. It's sort of it's our policy now when we're making the best. Now of it. we're we're Marco Kurtz. No, he was the coach of victory. <laughs> got sacked. What's the name of the guy in charge of Austria? Uh, Sebastian Kurtz. Sebastian. Yeah, so maybe they're related. Who knows? Sebastian. <laughs> Sebastian. Oh, that's, that's uh, Hey, speaking of Sebastian. Forget about, forget about Samuel Newman. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's been speaking to the Formula One website. Very good. Well done. Uh, and he says a new deal for him at Ferrari is likely before the season starts. Hard to know if that was more commentary on whether or not the season will start this year. But he seemed confident in text form that uh, he'd be sticking at Ferrari. And I guess everything is pointing in that direction, if not just because this seems like, uh, you know, maybe this season will get underway and we'll have the right number of races and everything will be fine. But this is like a bit of a weird season, isn't it? It feels like really we want to look ahead to next year or the year after to reset all these contracts and stuff. Oh, so, oh, sorry, I got distracted by a photo of Mark Robinson wearing a uh, <laughs> wearing a fishing hat by the looks of things. Sorry. Uh, you're not Stop allowed, Googling. Sorry. You're not allowed to go fishing. No, he, he, no, he's making a political protest. <laughs> no, he's, <laughs> no, no, he's, no, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's literally just... <laughs> 
It's just, it's just reminiscent. Oh, I've got to leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get sued. So Daniel Ricciardo not going to Ferrari. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he ruled out, um, you know, when he was asked, oh, would you return to Red Bull? He said, well, never say never. He said, there are, there are many things in life you never say never for. You'd hopefully um, never say never going back to prison, for example. Yeah. But, you know, in terms of going back to Red Bull, I think he would – he said he would entertain that thought. Um, that was more of a philosophical question for him. So um, it wasn't a, yes, I'm speaking with Helmut Marco and I'm coming back with my tail between Going my legs. Corona camp. But imagine if he did. It'd be weird. I mean, imagine if Sebastian went back. It'd be it'd, Anyone who goes back to Red Bull, it's weird. Oh, especially Sebastian. Mm. Because... Because Alex, like, why would you get rid of Alex Albon? Hey, smiley. Because Max, Max Verstappen's going to be, he's safe as houses. Mm. But, um, but yeah, there's no room for you, Sebastian, even even if you wanted to come home. It sort of goes against the purpose of what Red Bull's, if they said no to Fernando, to old man Alonso, <laughs> surely the same has to be applied um, to old man Vettel. I don't think Ferrari uh, are against putting the other drivers on there. Sorry, not Ferrari, Red Bull are um, against putting young drivers and further young drivers on their scrap app anymore, are they? No. <laughs> well, they're, they're trying to kill them in coronavirus camp, allegedly. <laughs> the question is for Red Bull is that let's say, and I don't think it will happen and I hope it doesn't happen, that Alex Albon doesn't do well this year, right? Let's say he, he just see bombs, he does what Pierre Gasly did last year, wasn't very good. I don't think it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't happen, but let's just say, for example, he does. Yeah, guys, they're okay. He was looking good at Toro Rosso, but he couldn't cut it at Red Bull either. Couldn't cut it next to Max. Maybe they give him another go because, you know, he's learned, but probably they wouldn't. It's not the Red Bull way. Daniel Kvyat's the other driver. He's had too many chances there. He's not going to go back. At that point, with no one else in the junior talent pipeline ready to come to Formula 1, then maybe they will be forced to look at drivers who are already established. But it is very... You, know, you get the sense that Helmut Marko would really be going back through his contact book to find anybody who would do it other than a driver that he doesn't own. He's like Rupert Murdoch and Prime Ministers, right? He needs to own them. So I, 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 wonder, I, I do wonder what the conditions would have to be if they were to bring someone in that wasn't part of the program. Yeah. Oh, well, Sebastian Bourdais was one example. Brendan Hartley. So basically you have to be, you have to be sacked yeah. or have, have te- somehow had a loose connection and tested with the team at some point and impressed them. Um, but I think I think more the question is: Would is it really going to be a case of? I, to be, I'm still of the opinion if Sebastian leaves Ferrari, that's it. That's that stumps boys. Um, he he'll be done with 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 F1. I think I think it's more of a. I reckon the if I was a nine wide world world of sports dot writer right now, I'd, <laughs> I tell you what, I'd be peddling that Daniel Ricciardo to Ferrari rumor mill. I, I'd set the, more than usual. More, ex- I'd set whatever gears a static bicycle, an exercise bicycle has. <laughs> I'll be setting it to the maximum <laughs> gear. So you reckon? You reckon it's going to happen? You're on the money. I reckon. Oh, Rob, Rob Stradamus. Rob Stradamus. I reckon. I, I feel it in me waters. Oh, mate. Okay, and that's not because you're recording this from the toilet. We've changed oh, that. We're not doing yeah, that anymore. Gross. I got in trouble for that. <laughs> yeah, it was far too echoey. <laughs> uh, well, well, wait and see. Well, wait and see. Vettel says that there'll be, you know, news, I guess, one way or another. He says new deal likely, but you don't know what the deal is. He could become an engineer. You don't know. Uh, before... Will it be announced in the middle of the Japanese Grand Prix weekend again? Yeah, it'll be announced uh, one hour before FP1. When three. We... Oh, three? I don't even remember. 
When we're in the taxi, that's all I remember. Do you remember we were in that taxi? Was it that taxi? Oh, no. And the taxi driver kept trying to frighten me by shouting it at my face. Uh, Do you remember that? Sorry, I'm sorry, Michael. I'm mildly distracted. I'm trying to. I'm watching a car having an argument with the poo truck. <laughs> What? what do you mean? There's a poo truck trying to reverse into into the establishment across the road. See, this is the perils of home broadcasting. I get distracted by the outside world. So why radio stations are, are padded walls. Yeah, no windows. Is it a bit of a shit fight outside your window? Nah, oh, shit. Well right. <laughs> oh, I got in the way of a tram as well. You oh, bozos. Look at that. Now, you've just seen the very nexus of a complete systemic collapse of the Melbourne public transport system for the night. <laughs> yeah. One tram well, we, is late. Well, delays for hours. Every <laughs> disaster. Oh. Tomorrow, don't go to work. There's no point. You're not going to get there. You're not going to make it. Not worth it. It's probably uh, the only tram that's running on that line. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's move on to other matters in Formula 1. There could be an air, like an aerodynamic draft of sorts in Formula 1. They're talking. They're still trying to figure out ways to save money. For some reason, they don't want to accept that if they just say they're going to spend less, that they could do that, but they want to come up with complicated ways to do it. One of the ways they... And we mentioned this last week is that they might have tokens on how much aero development you can do. So, you know, you currently change so much of the car between 2020 and 2021. One of the ideas and expansion on that idea is that the lowest place team, Williams, at the end of this year, will be able to develop more than the highest place team, Mercedes, uh, by being able to do more aero development over the course of the season. Uh, it's not confirmed or anything like that. It's something that's just, that they're apparently raised as a potential talking point. But that would be interesting. And it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? That the, the team that was the worst should be able to have the most opportunities to be better. It's like the draft, basically. So yeah. it's like you, you have the opportunity to, okay, we, we've sort of hit rock bottom in terms of our team, but let's use this opportunity to at least, you know, bank some water, the tokens, that famous word mm-hmm. in Formula One, um, in some kind of revitalized system. Now, I find it interesting that Christian Horner has come up with the Rob James solution of introducing customer cars uh, <laughs> to the Formula One grid. So, look, you can call me Robster Dramas or oh, – I can't pronounce it this way. Uh, still distracted by the poo truck outside. Uh, but I still maintain that idea has some merit. Because, to be honest, like, yeah, I could, I could literally buy – uh, Lewis Hamilton's Mercedes GP developed car. Mm. Whether I know how to run it, if I took it to a track day at Sandown, I'm sure there'd be plenty of people faster than me in that <laughs> car because I wouldn't know how to set it up for that track, you know? Mm. So um, it, it's still reliant on a team needing to understand and, and bring the most out of that car. I do like that. I mean, he, he said that in a Sky Sports interview or something, uh, whatever it was, a Zoom meeting probably. Uh, and I only read someone reporting on it and said because of geo-blocking, of course. They, they've still kept that up in the coronavirus. Uh, and he mentioned it twice in two very distinct separate parts of the... It's like he arrived there and really just wanted to say it. Good on him for saying it if he wanted to say it. Or like he was pushing an agenda. Yeah, almost like he's pushing an agenda whereby Red Bull technology would make money by selling cars to other people. Incredible. But on the other hand, and they were, it's an expansion on this kind of thing... Pretty much the whole grid, except for the top three teams, obviously, who make the cars. And McLaren and Renault, okay, that's half the grid. So half the grid already do buy a lot of stuff from other people. Racing Point or whatever they're going to be called, Aston Martin. 
Uh, actually, no, Williams doesn't either. So McLaren, actually, no, not that many people buy cars. It's not a good, I don't like it. They should, they just make the cars. Just make the cars. They're not allowed to change them very much between 2021. Williams will be able to do more development, maybe. That'll be good, won't it? That'll be good. And maybe they'll keep that rule if they delay the the new regulations until 2023. Maybe they'll keep for another year. And actually, it'll level the playing field just in time for the regulations to change. Oh, jeez, I don't know. I break in, nah. I don't like it at all. Like, if they do it, Williams is still going to be about 20 years behind everyone else. That's probably true. That is probably true. Just to wrap up a couple of other quick talking points from the week. Pre-season testing, could it be axed or at least reduced? It was only six days this year, I think. Or six days, eight days, six days, something like that. But if the season... You know what's remarkable? We've had more pre-season content uh, Mm. than we've had... Any in season? Well, quite literally, we had no in season content um, yeah. from from any from any Grand Prix. So uh, be glad that Sky Sports had wall to wall coverage of the preseason <laughs> test. Yeah, they don't look so stupid now, do they? No, this is the longest preseason we've ever had. It's going to be very long. Strap yourself. It was in. the preseason we had to have. <laughs> No, they're going to they're gonna rationalise it. They're going to run on iRacing oh, instead. Oh, dear. Uh, could it be axed if they want to run the this year's season, the 2020 season, into 2021, into January? Uh, they could. That'd be all right. They've got to keep the same chassis, don't forget. The aero is going to change, but the chassis is going to stay the same. Uh, I think it'd be good. We don't need pre-season testing. No, time and time again, the team's proved they don't really need it. So I think that'd be good. Don't even need Friday practice. Oh, get rid of practice as well. Get rid of it all. Just have races. <laughs> Just have a race. And qualifying, I guess you have qualifying. That's pretty good. Three races, three days. Yeah, done. get it done. Get it out of the way. In three different countries. Give It's a real challenge. Uh, <laughs> Charles Leclerc won the virtual Chinese Grand Prix. I forget. Is that? I think that's what they call it in Formula 1, the virtual. There are two many different eSports series. Virtual eSeries. Virtual eSeries. But that doesn't make any sense because an eSeries is already virtual. To say virtual eSeries... Doesn't mean it didn't happen. It, yeah, exactly. It implies that it's not real. E-series, no, eSeries, it's a pronoun. It's a brand no, name. Well, see, they've got to come up with something better than that. It's not good. Come on. No, sorry. I, ta- I take that back. It's called the F1 eSports Virtual Grand Prix Series. I say, that's okay. I'll accept that. Virtual Grand Prix. So the Virtual Chinese Grand Prix happened... And Charles Leclerc won. And this is quite a result for Charles Leclerc because only like two weeks ago, he'd never played a simulator. And now he's won four races in a row in one. Uh, He won the Vietnamese Grand Prix of Albert Park last week, (laughs) which is pretty good. And then he won the Charitable Race for the World, which I think he set up. So you could argue that he cheated, but I don't think he did. Uh, Then he won the Veloce, not the GP race, whatever their one was. I guess it was probably Vietnam as well. I uh, see that's another parallel series. And now he's won the Chinese Grand Prix, which was in China. Uh, so he's doing very well. Uh, however, he did have uh, a big crash, a, quite a violent crash with George Russell in some kind of truck racing game. Truck oh, racing. See this? Uh, and they were racing on a highway and they had to take the off ramp and they both rolled their trucks. It was, quite, it was quite aggressive. Uh, go and look it up. I've... No idea what it was. I, I, I literally watched my mate's live stream uh, Euro Truck Simulator 2. Um, oh, good. Maybe you, that's know what, what it you know was. what the best part was? Despite the fact that one of my mates was upside down <laughs> and had roll, rolled his truck over, my other mate got kicked out of the server. They were playing multiplayer. Yeah. He, do you know why he got kicked out of the server? Oh, no, why? Because he didn't have his headlights on because the game was set <laughs> to after 6 p.m. Oh, <laughs> So if good. that doesn't tell you about the the 
very uh, particular audience of truck racing. They take the they take oh their, their logistics very seriously. Uh, at least they didn't introduce monetary fines. Imagine if a series actually introduced monetary fines. Yeah, correct. Oh, that would be so good. That would be great. Uh, just quickly on the Australian e-racing front, supercars had their second uh, weekend. It was a Wednesday, so it wasn't a weekend of racing uh, in two different countries. See, they can do it in uh, Barcelona and Silverstone. Or Sil- Silverstone, Barcelona? Yeah, I think that was it. And Max Verstappen was in it. He was a guest uh, driver, and he did really well. He finished second three times, I think it was, and then at the back one because it was a reverse grid, but forget about that one. Uh, it, it, was ju- it was just interesting to see. I, I regret that I didn't have a camera of him like they had of other drivers. I feel like it lacked a little bit there. But it was interesting to see him do really quite well in this game. Again, it just it just shows that the level of experience required for for these. Oh, sorry, I again got distracted by Robbo. What did you, what did you say? <laughs> that he came second. <laughs> Max yeah, did right, well. Eh? You had me. You were doing well. Oh, Max he came second. Mate, Ma- Max is an absolute gun on on these things. Like like we saw with the supercars thing, he had barely done any racing on it. He said, "Oh, I'm actually struggling because he was complaining that the cars." Locked up too easily for his liking, and obviously oh, the level of grip didn't. is different in a supercar <laughs> to say an F one car. Um, but oh. he he was able to use, I guess, his i racing knowledge credits to to very good use, and and he could do it. I racing's not cheap, by the way. Wasn't it only? Didn't wasn't well, it, it like seven dollars a month or something? No, nah, there's a subscription, but then you got to buy you know different cars and tracks. Like the, the, that charity race cost me. Oh, did oh you really? Have to buy yeah, it? it was like eleven dollars, and it's US dollars, so it's. Crap oh. with the Aussie dollar at the moment. So it's about forty five dollars, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So you got to buy the cars. That's crap. I wanted to buy. No, nah, it's not crap. Like because you know it, it, it's like a. Uh, I don't want to say it's not a. Uh, I don't want to say an open source game. Mm. I think that's the wrong term. But anyway, but it's you know the the uh, it, it's a simulation. It's it's not like a it's not a game. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So there, there's obviously a lot of work that goes involved into making the. The cars of the tracks really realistic. And deliveries. Don't forget deliveries. They're very good. Oh, yes. So it's like a community-developed game rather than something developed by, I don't know... Um, no, I don't think that's... I don't think uh, that's... Activision no, I don't think something. that's true either. I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm not sure, but it's um, it's somewhere in the middle. It's very... It's, it's yeah, it's not like a Codemasters mm. or something producing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Look at that. Some serious chat in the end. And finally, some money talk. Toto Wolf, after saying he wasn't going to buy into Aston Martin, he did... It was less than 1%, though. Mercedes said it was okay. He's still working at Mercedes. And Daniel Ricciardo is apparently taking a pay cut, according to Cyril Abitbol. He says that uh, Ricciardo was amenable to the suggestion that he should cut his pay, considering the situation, considering most of the Renault Formula 1 team in the UK has been furloughed. I believe that's how you pronounce that word. Uh, and especially considering that Ricciardo is estimated to earn something like $40 million a year. So that's Australian. And that's a lot of money. Good on him for taking a pay cut. Uh, everyone's got to take something, I guess, especially if you earn that much. Was it a percentage-based pay cut? Who knows? <laughs> well, there goes Box of Neutrals in its McGinley-mobile driving into the sunset. At 3,000 degrees, it's almost certain death. Hear more of their trips into the sun and Formula One at boxofneutrals.com. Com. Com. Sorry, I got into a rhyming pattern. Now excuse me while I visit my local GP to find out exactly why I talk like this. I had to tell my wife that this is my only voice. 
Honey, you'd better sit down. Michael Avenato, Rob James, and nobody else. That was uh, episode eight of the Boxer Mutuals preseason to Formula One 2020. Hopefully, there's a season. Otherwise, what will the point of what will the point of this year have been if there was no if there's no season we ever end up, even end up getting to talk about? Just talking about shit and talking about the shit fights outside Rob's window. <laughs> yeah, how is that going? Uh, they, they've concluded now. Traffic is flowing freely. Okay, good. Outside. Uh, not that there's much traffic around. What? Who was sponsoring that traffic broadcast? Uh, it was uh, Ordamenta. <laughs> Sponsor of this week's show. Not in a good way, unfortunately. <laughs> who knew we had so many assets that could be stripped so quickly? Uh, Box of Neutrals. Uh, you can, of course, go to boxofneutrals.com, uh, find links to subscribe to the podcast there, listen to previous episodes, because none of them are timely, because there's no racing. So you'll enjoy them all as much as you've enjoyed this one. If you have enjoyed it, why don't you rate it and review it on your podcast app of choice, whether that be the Apple one or the Google one or one we've never heard of. We're everywhere. We've managed to get onto all of the platforms, somehow, most of them. We're not on your favourite one, let us know and we'll convince someone to put us there. Don't forget we're on all your socials as well, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. We want to know this week uh, what would be in your colonial European Formula 1 World Championship? What tracks should Formula 1 be going to if it cannot leave Europe? some interesting ones uh, not Imola I'm banning if you're putting in Imola we're not reading them out <laughs> put that out there right now because we all know that's what everyone thinks uh, now that you've said that it'll be like the radio competition on that radio station where everyone answered India yes well if only India were in Europe I'll accept India I'll accept India if you want to put that on there why don't we go to the Bud International Circuit that's still part of the empire <laughs> Good. It's good. That should have been the slogan. I wish it was. I hope it was. Uh, until next week, I've been Michael. I've been Quartermenter. And nobody else. <laughs> and this has been Box of Neutrals, a beer mogul podcast. Oh, okay. Goodbye. Oh, do you want this f- shit sent to you?